Well, again, yeah, happy Mother's Day <clears throat> to all the moms here in the room with us this morning. Uh, if you're a mom, uh, you play such an important role uh, in the lives of your own children, but uh, beyond that too, uh, in so many other different ways in our church and, and certainly in our community. And so thank you uh, to you for all that you do and uh, for all of your prayers and uh, your love for the kids in your life. And uh, while it's fun to celebrate moms, uh, and we ought to do it all year long, uh, we also recognize that today can be a tough day. Uh, it can be a tough day, especially if you've lost uh, a mom, if uh, maybe you've lost a child, or maybe difficulty even in having uh, children of your own. Uh, we recognize today can be tough and bittersweet for lots of different reasons, and so we want you to know that we love you too. Uh, we're praying for you as well. Our God, he loves you and cares for you, and I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that we have him in the good and in the bad and difficult in our lives. So let's pray this morning uh, as we get started. Father in heaven, uh, we do thank you. We thank you for all of the moms here today and uh, for what they've meant uh, to our lives in so many different ways. And uh, we thank you uh, uh, for your great care and concern, even for those on a day like today, where maybe there's some really sweet memories, but there's somebody that's absent that is missed so dearly. Uh, we pray for those that are hurting uh, for different reasons, Lord, and uh, you know, maybe for some it's just that desire uh, to be a mother or just even grieving uh, the loss of a relationship, whatever that may be. We thank you that you are a good and caring father, and we pray that today would be a special day in some way, shape, or form, uh, just in your closeness especially, God, and knowing that you are there for us, that you care for us, that you walk with us, that you are a good shepherd that leads us along the paths of life each day. And we pray and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, again, we want to welcome you here this morning. My name is Paul, and I'm the lead pastor at Genesis. And uh, last week, we kicked off a, a brand new series called Our House, where we're being challenged to think about the different relationships uh, that we have in our life. And because God cares about all of the intimate details of our lives, including our relationships, we want to look for, to him for wisdom. Uh, we need his guidance for us in every matter of life. And, and, and so what we're doing to kind of help us in this is we're imagining life as a house and that every room in the house can represent the different kinds of relationships uh, that each of us has. And so last week we kicked off this series by talking about the front door and we specifically talked about boundaries that we need to establish in our lives and in our relationships because there are some unhealthy relationships at times that maybe we need to put some boundaries in between us and them. Uh, but again, we're just looking to the Lord for guidance and just thinking about who's allowed to have access uh, to our lives. I want to uh, kind of tip you off that next week we're going to talk about the bedroom, uh, but specifically sexuality, all right, and how God ha has created us. And because God cares about our present relationships as well as our future relationships, uh, we want to spend some time looking at how he has created us and sexuality in particular and how this pertains to our lives, all right, and in everything that we do. And I'll just say this personally, um, I think this message next week is appropriate for middle school aged uh, students on up. But again, I want to give you a heads up so that you can make the appropriate decision uh, on where your young person will be uh, come next Sunday morning with us. But today we're going to look at the kids room, uh, which is where we find the children in our lives that we want to influence uh, in positive and meaningful ways. And so if you've got a Bible with you today, I want to invite you to take it and turn to Matthew chapter 19. 
Uh, Matthew 19, there are some Bibles around the room if you want to turn to page 689 if you're using one of those. I'm actually going to be reading mostly from the New Living Translation today, which is different than what you'll have in your hands if you grab from the, the, the floor around you, but I, I think you'll, you'll pick up where we're going and we'll have these words for you on the screen as well. But let me just ask you this as we're getting started as you're turning there. Have you ever had one of those uh, moments as a parent when like everything is coming unraveled all at once. Like your kids are present, you find yourself in some sort of situation and scenario, people are coming unglued. Uh, we sometimes refer to it as a meltdown. Like there is a meltdown taking place and as it's happening, the thought crosses your mind that I might potentially be ruining my children for life. Like, you know, that I, you know, my leadership here, my weaknesses and my struggles are certainly playing out, you know, in this particular situation, at least as an example. And so because of my inadequacies as a parent, my children are doomed for life. We all need help, right? We all need help when it comes to parenting, when it comes to influencing children, and, and when it comes to our kids, and when it comes to life, like who has this figured out? I, uh, I got Jenny uh, a couple of uh, private golf lessons, just Jenny and I with a golf instructor for Mother's Day, all right, because we need the help, right? We, we don't have this game figured out, and so we need some help. We, we need some instruction, and so I just want to be honest and say I kind of wish I was just sitting in your seat today that we could choose someone a little more qualified maybe to share this message with us, but uh, because I don't know about you, um, I need the help, and maybe I, I certainly don't need any more principles uh, when it comes to parenting, but maybe more of a pep talk, really, maybe more more of just an encouragement to keep going, to keep pushing ahead. Now, I also realize that when I say we're talking about kids today, and for many of you, your kids, uh, that some of you may think, well, I, I can check out. I don't, I don't have any kids uh, of my own. But I, I want you to know this, and I want you to hear me say this very clearly. What I want to share with you today has the potential to influence all of us, whether you're a parent, whether you're a, a single parent, whether you're a foster parent, whether you're a grandparent, a, an aunt or an uncle. Maybe, maybe you long to be a parent one day. Maybe you have this opportunity to serve with kids, right? Right here in our own church or out in our community right now. See, what I, what I want to share with you today I think is helpful. Uh, it's helpful for each of us to think about the influence that we can have in other people's lives and even as students too. All right, if you're a student sitting here today, what I want to share with you is helpful because today's message might just confirm some things for you. It might help you understand why your mom and dad care so much. Uh, or why they try so hard, or maybe they're just weird, right? And everything that I'll share today will just confirm that weirdness for you. But here's why today is so important, and this message is so important for us. Those kids in your life right now, all right, those kids around you, no matter how young or old they might be, are, are one day going to grow up and be big people, all right, who are going to face some really big decisions uh, in their life. And more than that, and this is for every uh, child and young person in your life right now, there's going to come a moment in their life where each one is going to have to make a decision whether to trust Christ or not. They're going to make that personal choice for themselves. And so what we talk about today matters. Right? This is so important because your influence, no matter who you are, can have a lasting impact on a person's life and eternity. 
Uh, there's a pretty well-known uh, proverb from the Old Testament that you've uh, probably heard before, and it speaks to this very issue. It comes from Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, when Solomon says, Start uh, children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Now, while this is wise advice that challenges us uh, to be intentional in our relationships with young people, all right, especially during their formative years, it's also important to note that this is a proverb and not a promise. All right, it's a proverb but not a promise, which means that when it comes down to it, each of us has a responsibility to look to God when it comes to raising our kids and influencing kids around us, but there are no guarantees. All right, this isn't a promise. All right, there are no certainties all right, that the kids we love will choose the way they should go. However, though, there are steps that we can take that give us a much better chance of finding, that help our students, our kids, uh, give them a better chance of finding and choosing for themselves a life in Jesus Christ. And so Solomon says, train up a child, live this out, model this for them, pray for them continually, all right? And so that's the effort that we make. That's the effort that each of us are called to. Now, as you might expect, Jesus understood the value of this proverb, but apparently, uh, maybe his disciples didn't at least fully, and so Jesus had to model it for them in practical ways. In fact, three of the four gospel writers record a specific interaction that Jesus had with some parents and their children while he and his disciples were out traveling around the countryside. And that's where we want to pick up in Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 13, just a few verses here uh, for us this morning. Here's what Matthew records about this particular account with Jesus and his disciples and some parents and their kids. Matthew writes, One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. Now, we've talked about this before, but because of Jesus' rising popularity, there were often crowds with him and surrounding him wherever he went. And so it's not surprising that these parents would want to bring their children, uh, their little ones, to Jesus. And it was customary in this day for parents to, to bring their children to a rabbi like Jesus for a, for a blessing. All right, And so for that reason, people were bringing their children to Jesus so that he could place his hands on them and pray for them and bless them. And so for that reason, the disciples' response here is a little surprising. Look at the second half of verse 13. Matthew writes, but the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. And so the disciples uh, thought the children were an interruption, that they were just simply becoming a distraction for Jesus. And Jesus' response here to the parents is so good. It's so important. It's so enlightening for us. In fact, let's all be grateful that these moms and dads, that these caregivers made the effort, maybe even uh, put up with the awkwardness of the moment so that their kids could be blessed by Jesus. I don't know how you see all this today. I don't know what kids you have in your life this morning, whether they're your own or others, or you, know, you just have this special opportunity to influence them in some way. But I think we all need some encouragement. All right, I want today to just be about an encouragement in your parenting and your influencing. Again, maybe it's with your own kids. Maybe you're a teacher. Uh, maybe you're a coach. Maybe you serve here with our Gen Kids ministry. Let's just consider this a little pep talk for all of us today, a reminder to keep going. All right, to, to not give up, as difficult as it may be. In fact, if you're taking notes this morning, write this down to start. I want to just encourage you to push through, to keep pushing through, pushing on for the kids in your life because parenting is hard. 
All right, influencing young people is hard. It will wear you out. I remember the very first night that we brought our dear son, Joel, home from the hospital. All right, and, you know, we laid him down in our room and in that bassinet, and he just cried off and on all night long. Slept like a champ at the hospital, right? I mean, just came out sleeping like a champ. But when we got home, everything changed, and so much of parenting. All right, so much of parenting and working with kids and teens is about consistency, it's about patience, it's about hanging in there, pushing through, it's a determination to not give up. And even though the days are long and the nights are even longer, the reality is that if you have kids at home, if you have kids at home right now, one day they will move out. That's right, Joel and Luke and Kate. One day when you're all grown up, you will move out, all right? You will move on with your life as much as we love you. And while that season for you right now, I mean, maybe it seems like it is so far away, it will be here before you know it. And even if you're not a parent, again, the same applies for you too. If you've got kids in your life, these developmental years, especially if they're young people right now, these developmental years are in a child's life are so important, all right, because you don't get the time back. Reggie Joyner uh, is just kind of a great pastor and teacher when it comes to families and kids. He says it like this. He says, the future of your children is coming like a freight train. And so you better get your act together as a parent because you're running out of time. And if you're not careful, you will miss out on what's important and mess them up for the rest of their lives. Talk about encouragement right there in that last line, right? Okay, but, but the encouragement is to keep going, to, to, to don't give up, push through by staying engaged in the kids in your life. There are so many different ways to do this. Like we can, we can push through moms and dads. We can push through by creating healthy rhythms in our homes that produce peace and rest instead of chaos and strife. We have to push through by helping to shape our, the, the children around us, their character and their faith through you know, small and consistent deposits in, into their life day in and day out. We, we, we can push through and help them understand that they've been made in the image and the likeness of God. And he's got a role for them, for each of them to play in this role. And we have to push through and apply appropriate discipline in ways that are loving and consistent and, again, that are appropriate. Uh, the, the, the definition of discipline is just this. It's training that corrects. It's training that molds and helps form character. Uh, in his book, The Twelve Rules for Life, Jordan Peterson says this. It is an act of responsibility to discipline a child. It's not anger at misbehavior or revenge for a misdeed. It is instead a careful combination of mercy and long-term judgment. Proper discipline requires effort. And man, it does take effort at times, doesn't it? And it hurts and it's hard. And the dirty little secret about parenting is that the work never stops. And, and it's certainly, man, isn't this true? It's easy to make bad parenting decisions, especially to overreact in the heat of a moment. And because we're imperfect people, every one of us has the capacity to be harsh or vengeful or resentful, arrogant, angry, and deceitful, especially when it comes to kids. I think it's a great reminder to each of us parents, or again, if you have the opportunity to influence someone else, don't, don't forget the opportunities that you have to demonstrate grace and forgiveness by asking for forgiveness from your own kids when you mess up, when you overreact, when maybe they have the opportunity to see something in you that you know is not uh, of Christ. And letting them see that grace and letting them see that humility at work in your life, man, it's a, that can be a powerful testimony uh, in the life and in the faith of a young person. So don't give up, right? I know it's hard, all right? But sometimes, you know, even when it seems like you're getting nowhere, 
Maybe you are getting somewhere, and so push through in your parenting. Now, back to our story in Matthew. We see these parents that push through to get their kids to Jesus in spite of the disciples' efforts to shoo them away, but look at how Jesus responds to them. Again, Matthew 19, 14, uh, here at the end of the passage, but Jesus said, let the children come to me, don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And so not only did Jesus welcome these children and their parents into his presence, but he's being intentional about bringing them close. All right, and encouraging them and blessing them, which leads to another step that I think all of us can take to help the kids in our life find the right path, get on the right path when it comes to their relationship with Jesus. And that is to, like Jesus, let's find ways, find ways to encourage the kids in your life. All right, find ways to encourage the young people around you uh, that are in your life right now. You know, here we see Jesus taking time to encourage the kids that were around him by physically uh, caring for and interacting with them, which I think we all would agree is necessary and it's very important. But there are also a lot of other ways that we can encourage the kids in our lives. Uh, Pastor Dave Ferguson points out that there are invisible questions uh, that kids ask at different phases of their life. And at the center of these, question, uh, or these questions is, is the word I. All right, The center of their questions is the word I because children are constantly thinking uh, about their identity. Like for, uh, for preschoolers, for example, the big invisible questions include things like, am I safe? Uh, am I okay? Uh, am I throwing a really good temp- temper tantrum right now? You know, I mean, these are the questions that they ask. And so we can help preschoolers All right, we can help them develop a sense of security and right confidence by setting safe boundaries, by uh, affirming good choices in their life, by disciplining them appropriately and celebrating different accomplishments. And even at a young age, we can teach them the value of God's word, all right, to look to God's word and how he made us and how we belong to him. And so we need to affirm and we need to appropriately discipline and correct young uh, children and be intentional in doing this. And and at the same time, notice new skills that took considerable uh, effort to acquire and and character qualities like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and and other things. Uh, For elementary age kids, the questions often become, uh, am I worthy of your attention? Uh, do I have what it takes? Do I have any friends? And, and so in this phase, we, we do well when we share interests uh, with those things that we find that our kids are interested in. And so as you spend time with kids, uh, I want to encourage you to be quick to put your phone away, all right, so that you can be fully present with your children, all right, and look for ways to broaden their knowledge and their interests in various things. And so if you know a child that loves sports, go to the library and read books on whatever you can about the particular sport that they're interested in. And even better, uh, play this sport with them or uh, volunteer, coach this sport that they might be participating in. You don't have to be any good at it, all right? Your kids will love schooling you at it, all right? They'll love taking you out. And if you know a child that enjoys cooking, all right, invite them to join you in the kitchen. You know, look for a new recipe together and, and let Let them participate in it. See, the key with elementary kids is to show interest in those things, excuse me, those things that they're interested in and to do these things together. And then once kids enter middle school, these invisible questions really become more philosophical. Kids start wondering, who am I? Uh, Who do I like? Uh, Where do I belong in all of these things? And man, you know, the middle school years bring about a lot of change physically, emotionally, socially for kids. More than ever, man, middle school kids, they need adults to be consistently showing up in their lives to help them navigate those changes, all right, to help them discover their God-given potential. One, one of the ways 
that we're making every effort to just kind of lay the groundwork uh, for this in our home is by eating dinner together regularly. And so we make an effort at this every week, which may not sound like a big deal, but this is interesting. The University of Michigan did a study where they found that the amount of mealtime kids share with their families at home was the strongest, the single strongest predictor of high academic achievement amongst other important things. All right, just one result that they found here. And so I'm so thankful for Jenny. Uh, I'm so thankful for how she works so hard to make sure that eating dinner together as a family is a regular routine in our house, all right? And now, because I know this, the, the more activities your kids are involved in, man, we realize this, the trickier it gets, all right? The harder that it gets as you rush. I mean, this is the same reality for us too. And so that, that's why dinner time for us sometimes is at five o'clock and sometimes dinner is at eight o'clock. Right, because we're making every effort to eat together. And it's hard. All right? It's hard, especially with the different schedules that we keep. But consider this. Ten years from now, all right, ten years from now, what will leave the biggest impact on your kids? Will it be all the practices and all of the clubs and all of the rehearsals and running around until you're exhausted? Or is it the potential of how often your family prioritizes doing things like eating dinner together and talking about your day and just enjoying life? And so... Uh, if you're doing these things, keep it up. Keep pushing through. If you're not doing these things, man, consider what would it look like to set a goal five to six nights a week as a family to sit down at the dinner table and share a meal together. Now, again, if you're not a parent, there's still an opportunity here uh, for you, for each of us. Like as you think about the kids and young people that God has put into your life right now, like look for ways to get to know them. Uh, look for ways to better understand who they are and what interests them, different ways of encouraging them, like invite a middle schooler out for ice cream, maybe somebody that you're investing in. Go to a show together. Support them by showing up to their recital or for their game. Work on a project together. Ask questions about their interests and activities and friends. Affirm them when you see them making good choices. I mean, I'm so thankful for the friends that do this for our kids. We've got some special people in our life that make this effort with our kids. I'm also grateful for our youth workers. I love seeing our youth workers show up at the different events of our students and even my own. And just, again, the effort they're making in this. See, here's the payoff. If you take the time to invest in your, in your kids, all right, in all of these stages of life, you might become one of those more, uh, most respected adults in a high school teen's life. Who, who can help them and answer questions and have that built-in relationship where maybe they want to turn to you for some of those difficult things that they're walking through. Questions like, what should I believe? Uh, questions like, why should I believe? Or how can I matter? Or what, what will I do? Again, do you want the opportunity to speak into young people's lives this way? Take advantage of the time right now. Moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles, Gen Kids leaders and volunteers, youth workers, teachers, coaches, employers. You can be a great influence in a teenager's life. Now, I want to take a moment and look back at Matthew 19 just one more time uh, because there's one more thing that Jesus models for us when it comes uh, to the kiddos in our lives, the young people in our lives. Matthew 19 again, uh, starting in verse 14. But Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. Now, notice, I just think this is so interesting that none of these children belong to Jesus or the disciples, which just tells me that there's a, a message here 
for more than just parents, all right? That while Jesus is certainly demonstrating for us a life, a blessing for parents to their children, he is also modeling something that is just so important for every single one of us. And again, that is that we all have a responsibility when it comes to impacting children's lives, when it comes to impacting the next generation. That is no matter who you are, all right? No matter what stage of life you are in right now, Write this down in your notes, that we should pursue opportunities to impact the kids in your life. All right, every single one of us. Look for these opportunities. Pursue opportunities to impact the kids in your life. In the book Sticky Faith, author Kara Powell explains that it's crucial uh, for kids to have adults other than their parents as people of influence in their lives. In fact, research shows that every kid needs five adults other than their parents who will have a positive influence on their lives. Powell calls it the five to one ratio. So if you're a parent, all right, you might be thinking to yourself, what are some ways that I can get my kids connected to other trusted adults who will influence them in the way they should go and the way they should walk and live out their life here on this earth? And if, and if you're someone who has children in your life uh, who are not your own, all right, ask yourself, how can I encourage and bless those kids that the Lord has put in my life? Like I remember, I was thinking about this this past week, I remember some of those influential people that did this for me, people outside of my parents, people like Jeff and Trish Nelson, uh, Denny and Shelly Kennedy. I think about Jack and Lesta Middaw and Bill and Marsha Roth and Mark and Annetta Cooper, even in David and Greg Syverson, who were both like five to seven years older than I was. These were some of the five to one people uh, in my life. And why do I remember them? Why do I remember these people in these times? Again, because there was something special. There was something unique about a, an adult, about someone who was older than me, encouraging me and speaking into my life. And do you know why I think that this church is so important, all right, for our community and for each other? And when I say that, I mean every person of every age here is a part of this church family. Because it's this, of all of those names that I listed for you a moment ago, they were all a part of the church that I grew up in. They taught my Sunday school classes. They were volunteers in my youth ministry. It was my pastor. Uh, they were dear friends of my parents that were in Sunday school class together in small groups. Again, two of the young men, when I was in middle school, these were high school men that were pouring into us even as middle school students. They were all a part of our church. And sure, there were other adults outside of the church, but the most influential men and women and, and older students in my life were all a part of the church family that I had the pleasure of growing up in, in Illinois. See, your church family, all right, and your involvement here, your participation can make all of the difference in your life and can make all of the difference in the lives of so many young people in our church. And so here's the challenge. Here's the challenge for every single one of us today. I want to challenge you to be one of the five in a young person's life. Will you pray and ask God if he has an opportunity for you to be one of the five in a young person's life? And how can you do that right away? Well, well, maybe for some of you, it's to make a commitment, even a commitment today to serve in something like Gen Kids, our kids ministry here, and to do it on a regular basis every month, a couple of times a month. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, see, that's the issue. I don't do child care. Guess what? We don't either. All right. We don't do child care here at Genesis. At Genesis, we're committed to making disciples. 
And we're committed to pouring into our young people. And that process starts as soon as a child is born. And Ryan Hornbaker and others are doing a great job of leading our Gen Kids ministry right now. And he'd be happy to introduce you, to help show you around and to understand uh, how you could serve anywhere from birth to fifth grade. That we've got lots of places that you could serve here on a Sunday morning and make an impact in a young person's Life And we've got already so many great people that are on board, volunteers that are doing this every week. But here's the thing, all right? Some of them teach lessons. Uh, some of them rock babies to sleep. Some of them play games with the kids and uh, help set up the rooms, all right? But all of them are using their gifts to encourage uh, our kids here at Genesis and in our community. And so will you give it some consideration? Will you give it some thought? And if the thought of that, of doing something like that just terrifies you, guess what? We'll let you observe for a while, all right? Like Ryan and his team will do a great job of just kind of introducing you to what's happening without throwing you in to the sharks, right? Or you can spend some time thinking about where you might fit in, what might be your best fit. Like I think about people like Dana Harvey. I don't know if you all know Dana. Dana attends here. Dana's a state police officer. And uh, man, a few months back, he heard us talking about a need that we had a great need for more Gen Kids workers. And I think he thought to himself, well, I've got kids. Why can't I be involved? And so he jumped in. Well, my wife just has the privilege of serving him most regularly in one of our classrooms. And she is always coming home and talking about how fascinating and great of a job he does and how much he at least appears to enjoy it, right? And because he's a police officer of keeping those kids in line, man, there's just a, a great direct way of keeping those kids in line each and every day. But I know that he loves it. And he never would have realized that if he wouldn't have jumped in and given it a shot. And if not kids at Genesis, how about middle schoolers or high schoolers? How about spending some time with these great young people? We've got a great and incredible team that's serving our student ministry right now. They've got a great leader in Jose and a lot of good things that are happening. But do you know what? We need some help right now. And maybe you've got an interest in serving with students. I know Jose would love to talk with you about that. If I could get you thinking specifically about middle school students right now. We have a really great, our middle school ministry is growing like crazy. And we need some help serving here on Sunday nights with our middle school students and for other events that come up. And so if you're curious about that, you can catch Jose, you can catch Ryan. If, if it's more with kids, there is some information, I think, about students back at our info hub this morning. You can mark your connection card children or students or both uh, if you dare but we'd love to help you get plugged in because encouraging our kids doesn't just happen all right you know it takes people right it takes every single one of us to do the work and it doesn't happen just here on weekends all right it doesn't have to happen here just at genesis but you can do it in your everyday lives i mean you can be the one for somebody by coaching a kid's sports team right here in our community or serving as a sponsor uh, for a club or volunteering in in your local school maybe in your kid's classroom uh, maybe you're friends with a mom or a dad, you know, who is single with kids at home right now. And, and so maybe you can find ways of coming alongside of their family and encouraging them in some special way. But here's the thing. Now more than ever, young people, these next generations in our life, man, now more than ever, Lord, open our hearts and our minds to this just today. They need humble, faithful models of what life and a relationship with Jesus looks like. And how they see us living that out, how they see the adults around them living this out is going to have a much greater impact on them than any words we ever speak. And that's true whether you're a parent, a relative, or a volunteer. Again, it is our responsibility to model faith 
and life to these next generations that are coming up around us. It was Jesus that said this in Matthew 5, 16. These words aren't on the screen. But in the same way, he says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I don't know what kind of encouragement you need today, but let me just challenge you to keep pushing through. Don't give up. Keep trusting the Lord. Pray and ask God each day to give you wisdom and strength and guidance as you influence the young people in your life. Look for ways every day and every week to encourage others and pursue opportunities. Pursue some specific opportunities right now. If I could ask you to pursue some opportunities here at Genesis to pour into the lives of our young people. What a great example of this even this morning to see some of our students up here on stage. Some of you have poured into their lives. All right, there's a reason why they are today. It's their parents, but it's also you as well. And let's keep up that work of helping people find their way back to God, but also realize that it involves reaching these next generations of people that the Lord has placed into our greater family. Let me say this as well before we close. If you're tired today, uh, if you're burned out, Uh, If you're wondering right now if anything that you are doing is making a difference, let me just ask you to consider this for a moment. You know the story that Jesus fed the 5,000 or the 5,000 plus really uh, with the lunch that the boy provided for him. One small boy who provided the loaves of bread and the fishes and Jesus multiplied them and everyone ate and there was more left over and everyone was satisfied. There were so many lessons going on in that particular scene and on that day. But I heard this this past week and someone raised this question. I thought it was just so good. Have you ever thought to yourself or wondered who packed the boy's lunch? Because if it was the boy, right, it had been like Little Debbie snack cakes and, you know, a Mountain Dew and who knows what. But who packed the boy's lunch? You know, this applies for everyone here today, but let me speak to the moms for just a moment. For the moms that are doing everything that you can right now and you are barely keeping your head above water. I just want you to know this morning that you have no idea how your prayers, how your love And how your simple acts of serving day in and day out might be just the one thing that is pointing your child directly to the presence of Jesus Christ. Keep going. Push through. Don't give up. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for your wisdom and for your word that encourages us to keep going. Uh, We thank you for the model that you have provided for us in Jesus Christ and with his life, Lord, and how even in a simple interaction, we can find guidance and just a great reminder that for every single one of us, we've got a responsibility. We've got an opportunity to pour into the lives of our children and the people around us. What a gift and what a great opportunity, Lord, to, to watch you and to witness you building a foundation right now in the next generation of people around us and believe that these young men and these young women are going to grow up and they're going to influence this world in some pretty great and amazing ways. And so, Father, will you just kind of touch each of one of us today in a special way to think about those relationships that are before us right now? Maybe for some here today, we've got to get a little more intentional in taking a next step to be Uh, more specifically involved in the life of a young person, Lord. 
Uh, remove the obstacles, remove the boundaries, remove the doubts and the questions, and stir in each of us, Lord, a desire to be a part of this church family and, and just a desire, Lord, to be a part of something greater for our community and sharing the love of Christ with others for all the people that we come in contact with each week and especially for the next generation, these young people around us as well. We thank you for them, Lord. We thank you for our church. And I just thank you for the diversity here of all ages, Lord, and the opportunity that we have to love one another and to model for each other a life in Jesus Christ, grace and truth in Jesus Christ. And we pray all of this in your name. Amen.